0: Welcome to CCC Talks, empowering IT and business professionals in their digital transformation journey. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies at our blog and resource center at cloudcredential.org. And now our host, CCC Managing Director, Mark O'Loughlin.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of CCC Talks with Mark O'Loughlin and the Cloud Credential Council. Today, we're joined by Tina Frey-Clements, who is Vice President at the Retail Performance Company and coach, leader, and facilitator within the entertainment, auto, luxury, and l and industry for over 25 years. And if that's not enough, Tina, you're also author of the book, The Art of Facilitation, a keynote speaker, and a contributor to entrepreneur.com. Tina, thank you so much for joining us on CCC Talks today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks, Tina. Now, before we get started, tell us a little bit about what you do.
0: Oh, what don't I do? (laughs) Currently, I am the lead of an organization called the Retail Performance Company or RPC. It's a 50-50 joint venture with the BMW Group and another consulting company. And we are a consultancy by definition. What we really do is we help companies get out of their own way through training, coaching, some consulting, uh, leadership support. And, and we're also a data-driven company. And I will tell you, I love every second of it because I get every single day of my, of my air quote job is different, working with different clientele and helping them face their internal challenges for which we will talk about today. That's for sure. (laughs) And make choices and how to bust through, go around, uh, go underneath or whatever it is to help them find profitability and success.
1: I think there's a key thing there, profitability and success. We know companies have to be profitable or they don't exist. So we'll just take that as a given. But also success. So there's a few elements there, just picking up on a few things you mentioned then. Success of the company, and a lot of people believe this has only come about by success of the people in the company. Isn't that a key key facet of success, what you're talking about? Isn't it that you need good, successful people to be successful at what they do? to draw a successful business.
0: I would argue from experience, that's, that is it. It's, it's about the people, one person, 3000 people. It's irrelevant. It's the people for whom you employ and you support, they live and breathe your company or not, or not. Yes, of course they are without question. The they're indicative of success.
1: So Tina, you were talking a moment ago about, um, conflict in organizations. Um, you know, and it's okay for a leader has to deal with conflict and conflict arises within organizations, but does change in an organization lead to some form of conflict is the first question. I'm a follow-up now, but does change cause conflict within an organization? The short answer to the first question
0: is yes. Because we are working with humans, not robots. Change is for some. Change it's fear. It's fear-driven. And when people are fearful or afraid or or, or you name it, whatever their their inner critic, that Remla is telling them, uh, so absolutely. And your second question, does it is was repeat your second question for me, Mark, so I'm clear. And then
1: the follow-up question for what we're talking in a digital world, does the change brought about by digital transformation? lead to conflict, and in some cases, more conflict than in a normal change scenario. So does digital transformation causing conflict in organizations?
0: For the same reason, it's change. And digital transformation has to happen. It's twenty twenty one. Digital transformation is said more, so much than a bingo game in some organizations. And digital this and innovation that and shift and shift I have found in my personal experience and myself included because I am not of the generation that immediately understands because it's it's scary and I don't understand it. People don't understand it. So it has to be it has to happen, yes. Therefore change has to happen. How a leader approaches communicating that change is a make or break, especially when it comes to digital shifts.
1: Yeah. I, I think what we hear a lot on the, the, the podcast is urban invested so much in digital transformation in the technology. How, when we dig a bit deeper, well, how much have you invested in people change to help that? It's, it's far less. I, and a lot of what we hear is it's easier to adopt new technology. You buy the machine or you buy the digital service, but it's harder, as you said, to change people. Um, and we'll d- dig into that a little bit more, but one of the key things could be, as you said, fear, because a change means something new than I did beforehand. Now you mentioned about leaders as well. So within an organization, leaders want to drive change. They want to bring in digital technologies, improve profitability, improve uh, productivity, and all these other things like, all these benefits like management. But how do they probably communicate the message of these digital ambitions or even their intentions? You know, is there an artful way of communicating that, the change and everything else that goes with it and leadership?
0: It's a fantastic question. It's incredibly hard. It's hard because it's a time consuming strategic conversation that has to happen and it takes energy. You want results. Let's do it. Just everyone get on board. Let's go and ship and ship. It doesn't work that way. And I back to what you said before, Mark, which was so pointed. I was worked. I was consulting personally a few years ago who kept reinventing the digital wheel with their internal employees because they kept thinking, well, it's not working. Well, it's not working. You're not asking them what they think and what is really the idea. So the first step when there's a digital shift is to first include everyone and really ensure that they are a part of the decision on the shift. Now, I understand that that's not always a perfect role. Sometimes leaders have to just make it forward. But there are very simple ways to bring a company who, if you're doing your job well, are bleeding the colors of your company. And they care sometimes more than you do from the beginning. This is what we're looking to do. This is the how. Now we can't deploy all your ideas and, and input. However, we want to know, what do you think? Well, so now the entire company is in the conversation from the beginning. And if you maintain that level of communication throughout, then the deployment and the rollout could be so much, so much more seamless. Now, there will not never 100% of your audience get on board. That's a different conversation. That's a performance management conversation that you work with the leaders of those humans, and yeah. then you figure out okay, what are they afraid of? What? And that's why I say it's hard. It's simple on paper, but it's yeah. so hard because I don't know if you real humans have emotions. They feel stuff, and when they feel, they react. Our job as leaders to predict. You can predict it. You can prepare for it. So okay, we know that John, Sally, and Marie, this is not their day. So what are we going to do ahead of time? Then there will come a point where it's either you're in or you're out, but if you've done everything right, then, then it will be successful.
1: And I love that. If you can predict it, you can prepare for it. Uh And we kind of, we think about what's going to happen. But I think a lot of the conversation we still hear about is we are predicting our success with digital technologies. They forget predicting their success with their people. (laughs) think Everybody will just buy into this. And as you said, it's not that you ask everybody, you know, buy into this story of digital. But I guess if you explain what we're doing, why we're doing it, what benefits it brings into the company we have to do it for profitability, for future success, uh, there's incumbents coming in, they may or may not care for that. But as you drill down then, it's what is your role to play in this is one thing. That may mean having to change your role or upskill or something like that. Yeah, I think the second thing Mm -hmm. which is also missed, and maybe you have a view on this, is organizations putting out statements that we will help you on your change journey, education, learning, redeployment, reskilling, whatever that is, and we'll put programs in place. And they seem to always forget that as well, because it's Mm -hmm. the technology, put it in, and everybody should follow suit. Isn't that a gap as well with the people that if you don't help them on that journey, they're going to be more... um, combative, more, uh, you know, Up. resistant.
0: Because, oh, they just dropped this in here and they left us to swim on our own. I'm in the deep end and I, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And then the resentment steps in. And that's when we say, if you can predict it. So yeah. those people who are terrified, give them the tools. And I, I think really the first step when launching something like this is to really take ownership that you can't and magically make people get on board. It takes to really set ideal expectations for yourself and how long the world will take for everyone to really understand and get on board. And the other thing to shift into people learn different. So often an organization shoved down a training or a bulletin or something. If you send to me personally something to read, you might do it because it just it will take me too long. It's that's my biggest challenge. I have to, I'm a kinesthetic learner, so I need to be doing, so I need hands on somebody to stop me and redirect, et cetera, et cetera. It takes time and you have to be aware of that as a leader, if you really want to make sure everyone is educated and on board, on board, it's uh, you're controlling free will as best you can when you're taking all of that into consideration.
1: So it's interesting controlling free will. Um. I think that is what you're doing. Yes, you do have stuff there, you know, and you now controlling in a good sense, as opposed to the negative connotation of, of, of control. Um, now now, as you, mentioned, you know, not everybody is receptive to the message of change, you know, and is there any, anything leaders should think of for those people? So they're not too receptive. They don't like change. They're set either set in their ways to their long time, or as you said, their mindset isn't on change. This is what I do. This is how we do it. This is what I like, but I don't want to move somewhere else. Cause even that's change, you know, leaving one job for another job. Is there any, anything you just can think about to create messaging that's receptive to staff that really don't want to know about change?
0: The, so now we're going down sort of a rabbit hole, a psychological rabbit hole. because Typically. The folks that don't want to change, it's not just about like, digitalization. It's about everything because yes. they are, uh, from a behavioral perspective, they're slow behavior. They want other people to be safe and secure. That's their motor- safety security. So any type of change is, is frightening. So again, the approach be slow and it has to be people oriented, which means it has to be Actually, you said it, Mark, really well. How can we help you? We know that this is a big deal. We understand it's going to take some time to adopt and to understand. So before we do that, I want to talk to you. Tell me what your objections are. Tell me what you're concerned of. It it will take time. Usually, quadrants like this because of breaking down behaviors in my head into very fundamental four quadrants. But in the quadrant of slow people where it's it's conscientiousness and they're turtle around their shell and they want to be protected, you have to spend a lot of time getting them, so allowing them to be heard and then addressed. I will say, however, it is also a responsibility that at some point to move forward. And if you've done everything right, air quote, right, and those people do not get on board, then that's what performance management. Now, my HR. Performance management kicks it and, and they get to make their own choice for which do you want to stay with this company or can we help you? Can we help you find a new avenue that is better suited for your place? And that's fair like, respectful.
1: And I think that, as you said, that's fair and respectful because we are in a world of change, like we've not seen before. We are in, in an industrial revolution that is moving so fast. It will have changed itself a couple of times in a single generation. Where previous uh, have taken two or three generations to cycle through. I mean, we're partly through whatever this is we're in now. And I don't know how much technology has changed. as changed since I looked even 10 years ago and it will change again in our careers and change again, probably towards the twilight. So that's significant upheaval evil we'll all have to be doing. think thinking we do it in a fair and respectful way that not everybody will go along with that journey. There will be some casualties, but they may not see it as casualties. they may see it as, "I'm not comfortable where, where this is going." But then I think a company can get them to that point, or get everybody to that point, move the people forward that can, and, uh, as you said, uh, find options for, for those who who can't. And um, We found something interesting in 2019, 2020. We ran a, a digital skills uh, report for the CCC, and uh, we've a new one coming out shortly, but on the previous one. We, we found a number of critical findings. And one of those was one of the critical findings, and we weren't surprised, but it was so interesting organizations and IT professionals don't know what they don't know. So, and you, yeah. you think that, you know, we should know this, but it, you know, if we were to ask 10 people, what digital is, what cloud is, whatever these technologies are, you will get back 10 different answers. Ask 10 people for a good definition, say of digital, you, they'll, they'll struggle with that. You probably won't won't we'll get many answers back. So we found out but people don't know, they don't know this, the leaders don't know, they don't know and they, you know, that they have a common context for digital, really workers don't know uh, as a corporate facilitator, you know, do you see this as a problem that a lot of people in, in any organization don't have the context of what digital is yet they're driving masses, massive amount of change called digital, digital transformation
0: i'm giggling because i think i'm part of that problem to be perfectly honest and you say tech has changed. i can change this morning i mean it's just so fast and whatnot and i i do i see it i live it within my own organization as we have created digital packages and programs to support the digitalization i'm doing air quotes of course yeah uh for some organizations our own organization shifted and changed The program, based on the definitions, then those developers had their minds as they were developing the program. So I absolutely see it. And to be honest, you can't keep up. You can't keep up. So I'll I'll give you an example. I'm working with an organization, uh, and they are working with their clients who are dealers. And so there are, four. I mean, and in the United States, there are, it depends on the brand, 400, for dealers depending out the organization. Yeah. And I would argue each one of those separate entities had their own definition of, do I really need this? To what extent? What do you yeah. really? does it mean? It does it mean social market. And it's all over yeah. because it's the language is still being owned. And, and that might you might think that's a naive thing to say, but I'm seeing that. So not only us we have to educate what the what we're actually trying to help a client achieve and yeah. then they have to realize oh this is that something that i want to achieve so there is a lot of confusion and then to your point mark on top of it everything changes so fast by the time you get someone on board and understanding and agreement
1: yeah.
0: everything changes again so it's challenging. We're living in a very interesting, challenging time, no question about
1: it. Yeah, as the phrase goes, we live in interesting times that has just more interesting more often these days. I think that's um, <laughs> a lot of stuff we a lot of work we're doing at TCC is to try and give clear but it wasn't much a definition for digital or cloud, it's context. If you have a common context, you become the whole as well. So we, we work hard on that. Um what you mentioned earlier about, about control and leaders and managing control. When all of this happens, all the change, all this transformation and it's being pushed on, so organizations are having this pushed on to them because their competitors are doing it or an upstart company is doing it or soon if they don't do it, they'll be out of business because somebody else is doing it quicker, faster, better, cheaper and all that. And um, do you feel that the, the staff themselves throughout your organization then feel kind of a loss of control, even though they might be receptive to the messaging, they might be receptive to change, they might have all these positive attributes? We go great. Mm-hmm. Do they still have this fear of a lack of control or no choice in the matter and just having to go through it? Or is, is that almost life today? <laughs> I mean, that's.
0: I'm experiencing is a little bit of the reverse because the newer generations are more open to these ideas than current leaders are more experienced. Notice how I chose my words incredibly carefully to yeah, do, say old as I yeah. point at myself, right, but <laughs> right. But it's those who are more experienced under our belts, as they say, Yeah. Uh, Leaders are actually the ones who are, yeah, okay. We can do that, but maybe not as quick where it's, it's that different generation. So experiencing this frustration with the lack of adoption and, and desire to, to move it forward. That's really the majority. And then when leaders do want to move forward, uh, conversely to answer your question, really what I'm seeing the most is we just adopted a new, but, and now you're asking us to shift again. I yeah. see reactivity, or non or just complete. No, we don't need to do that. And I have to share. Just I teach a lot. Uh, still, we compare Borders to Barnes and Nobles, and in the United States, of course, the Barnes and Nobles is just a massive entity, and they did. They sold books, both yeah. the, the same thing. One was so terrified of the digital network, and they admitted that later when they started to go bankrupt and they started to close their doors. And nobles admitted, yeah, we were scared, but we knew that we had to go and we just trusted people who were stuck. So it's a choice, really is.
1: There is a choice there as well. And I think there's a conundrum for some organizations in either moving too fast or too slow. Like an example Mm -hmm. you gave, probably one company moving too slow, one moving at a good pace. And then the previous points you were saying about the um, adoption and now we've got to adopt more and more. There's also a case of, um, for those more experienced where they may say, Hey, there's, there might be a bit more risk in moving as fast as you want to move because are our competitors really moving that fast or is it just the fast paced industry and we're in a very conservative space where we've, we've a bit more time to think it through, Um, and. How do you think about, you know, people saying we've got to move fast, but actually you not know, recognizing that that can introduce more risk, moving too fast into a technology, you don't know that could be risky in business yeah. and burn a don't want money, but it actually burn a lot of people. So that then fall out of the organization, you know, That it's just too, too tough. Is there a risk on moving too fast, too quick with too much technology as well?
0: It's a delicate algorithm, isn't it the, (laughs) the, if I did, I might not be chatting with you right now tell you that there is such a thing as too fast and, uh, transparently that is typically the advice that I get from everyone I have ever met is that I ready fire where there, there needs to be some ready, aim, fire, correct. You have to jump and let the net appear at some point there is no way a a leader can can do all the work at some point you just jump you have to jump Um, do i think that it's like marrying the first person who asks right just you know after the first date maybe ashpet as my grandmother used to say (laughs) Um, but but there is a lie and i'm going to say something that i probably shouldn't say it's you we all process trust your gut
1: there
0: is a there is a gut feel to decision-making as a leader and yeah. we have never really ever but
1: oh, did we know i plus 10? no we're, we're back now <laughs> you're telling us
0: see digital ladies and gentlemen see
1: this um, is, it. is it worth it i don't know I don't. <laughs> I'm still having with you. You're telling us, there, Tina, um, about closing your good. Um, just finish up left slide there, if you can.
0: I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to. There we go. Oh, okay. I... This... Digital is all around me, Mark. Things are being and invented, and technology is going off. But this <laughs> 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 maybe I re-answer the last question. Leaders forget digitalization. Forget technology. Just draw the flip chart and, and, and that's, that's it. That's it. There's something to be said for that. Just human to human and working together. There really is. There's a lost art, right? We're getting so far into the digital space that.
1: I think that's that's really good advice. Yeah. To get back to the basics, the whiteboard, the pen and paper, the talking it through. Um, and even as you said earlier about trusting your gut, And again, you know, we don't know why that works in us, but somebody's views are as relevant as somebody else's, you've got to make a decision, make a point in time, maybe not risk the whole business on a venture, but risk it on something. And, um, and moving blocks like that. I think that's really good. Um, and in this time of change, we've got whether at the leadership level, at the exact level, mid-level management down to, to, to staff, um, to respond to digital change, you know, certain amount of people are going to need a coach, a consultant, a trainer, one of three, two of three, or all Passive. of three. What's the difference between these and what do they suit? What does a coach, a consultant or a trainer suit in this environment?
0: I, I so love you for asking this question because there's, these terms are used to, they're, fl, they're thrown, there is yeah. Really critical difference. If an organization especially for us as an organization, we when we're prescribing a solution, we need to know the difference so we can support. Ideally, when an organization is uh, doesn't have a clue what to do, just they're they're stuck in that regard. That's where consulting comes in. Consultants tell, oh, we 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 did a gap analysis. Here's what you need to do. Here's the process. Have a nice day. I'm being overly dramatic for effect, but that's, that's a consultant. When, when the company knows what to do, how to do it, that's training. It's skill set. They don't know how to sell. They don't know how to lead. They don't know the the skills. When an organization or person is blocked, is stuck, it it doesn't know uh, is in victim state in the blame game. This is where coaching comes in and coaching and consulting incredibly different things yeah when a coach comes in they usually work with the person one on one but we of course work with groups as well and we add typically they're all questions because a person knows when they know what to do and they know how to do it there's a reason that they're not doing it and typically the reason is fear but a coach's responsibility is to help that person figure out what's going on so it's an example Tell me why you're really uh, you're, you're not stepping up in this in this new role. Well, I don't want to ask my boss for help because then he's going to think that I'm that I wasn't right for the job. So how's working now? Yeah. You don't tell the person, well, just go do it because it's free will. I can't tell them to not be afraid. Yeah. You cannot tell another human being how to feel. You can ask very questions to get them to have a thought. And then that person has a new feeling, and that's coaching. And coaching is a really big skill set, and a lot of leaders still feel like it's worth it. anybody can coach. It's it's really challenging and and difficult. But those are the that's the differentiation between those three outputs: coaching, consulting, and training.
1: And training. And I think that's a really good breakdown for our listeners. There, um, I think we, we might blog a little bit more about that as well. Because at any stage in any organization, they probably need all three, or they need do need all three. But well, they Art. can't get one solution. Let's go train people, or let's oh, go, wait. as you said, be, consultants in. Um, and so they train people go in, they spend whatever two three days. Or now a lot of it is online, where they don't even go into a physical class. You know, they're just absorbing stuff from, and it goes in and probably goes out. But the environment isn't there to. Learn, understand, apply, and change. You know, so um, I think they need to consider about their program of change to incorporate coach, consultant, trainer. And Tina, as you said, to find good coaches. You know, uh, a lot of coaches out there, we've got to find a good world with good credentials that actually know, as you said, what coaching is. And uh, coaching isn't okay. telling someone what to do, absolutely. It's helping them understand what they need to do to help them go do it and change and flip that switch. They're the only persons that can do it, you know, for the, the best will in the world. I like that. I think that's so important and obviously mists in so many digital transformations, I may ask a question, you know, so, um, what culture consultant or training or, or, you know, organizations have you in and there's none, there's one, there's no mixed bag or anything like this. It's a one solution, you know? And, um, and I guess, um, we now have, we're now in a situation where we said it earlier on where we're replacing, I guess, jobs with automation. All this artificial intelligence, whether it's automation or whether it is really intelligent, I'm not sure about that some days. I <laughs> mean, not the software; where it's artificial, all right, but the intelligence bit can be a bit, um, and, and, you know, and people in traditional jobs are now seeing, you know, their roles being replaced by this. Um, and then I guess it's the only opportunity for them to upskill, reskill or move on because the train is coming, isn't it? If there's an opportunity for an organization to bring in some AI that hopefully works, that it will encroach on roles. So are people having to, whether they like it or not, dig in and say, I need to change. I need to upskill. Maybe they need a coach to help them get out of the block of where they are. Is, is that the reality I- in, in a lot of? places
0: it's it's the reality whenever you again you hit that obstacle you have five choices as a human being every time you are confronted with something like this yeah. one of the choices is to remain a victim to it well the government decided this well my boss said this but in, in reality the world is not doing this to you as a person it's happening so yeah. one of the five choices that you could make is re- being a victim to it. And I ask you, and and I've I've swum in that victim pond and been in the blame game because I'm a human being. And I've asked myself this question, how's that working out for you? Eat bonbons and stay up until three o'clock in the morning and Netflix your brains out because that's what victim mode smells like, right? And looks like. The other four choices that a person can make when that is that reality is confronting them is you can shift your perspective around it. Okay, so what's happening in the universe right now? Well, I could go and get my degree in this. This would be an opportunity to start a whole new career. Can I lean? Who can I lean on for support? You shift your perspective, which ultimately can get you to another choice, which is acceptance of the yeah. situation, or is to uh, to change it. To actually make the change, decide choose yeah, to change. And the last choice is to leave it. You can leave the situation. Uh, when I'm always advised, when leaving it is a choice that they're making, are you running from or are you running to? That sounds like it's mm-hmm. a different show because we really go down the rabbit hole there. When we are confronted with this already, it's up to that human being to decide, okay, so what am I going to do about it?
1: I think that's very interesting, and that's the reality of, of where people are in the world, in the world of change. Um, there's one thing that we can help, I guess, or people can help themselves, or organizations can help them, is probably to be a bit more resilient to the demands around them. We have the demand for change, better productivity, improved performance, actually do new work because of all these new tools. You can get worn down by all of this. So is another key thing to have in our our, our moments and resilience? And if so, are there any tips you can share with us how to individually build up our resilience to all of this change and something?
0: Resilience is a real challenge because we, this is a new topic, isn't it? And we've never, I was, I never heard that word. Growing up and it was not a thing. And especially in the newer generation, uh, if anything, it was the opposite, right? I'll take everyone's gets a trophy. So, and again, I'm, I'm over dramatizing, but so we're talking about resilience. And let's go back in our conversation. We talked about creating an environment where people can thrive. That doesn't mean that you give your employees everything that they need because you can, and because you should. So this is it. How can we help you? Usually it's coaching to shift, to get around this. And I think to accept that a tool like coaching is actually a, not a warm and fuzzy BS, actually super challenging and hard for your employee. And what you're doing is you're giving them the opportunity to become resilient because they want to. And it's, I'm not saying coaching is the end all be all. I am saying that it is an undervalued and underutilized tool and an organization's toolbox that can and should be deployed, especially at this time in yes. our society, and our culture and everything that is, that is going on. Because res, re, for resilience, you have to experience it. I, I, and this is, this is not a sexy. You have to yes. go through something and realize that you didn't die. Oh, that didn't. I was terrified going in. I didn't die. What did I learn? Maybe I can do it again.
1: I think in, in the old, older days, I may have said, I've survived today. I got through today. And <laughs> I'm doing I'm resilience. And over a number of years, I think I've become resilience. Maybe it's that kind of mode as well. And like we said, it's interesting then, you talked about coaching as a tool. We also talk a lot about, about all these digital technologies. They're only tools. But. We're investing in a certain type of tools in the carpentry, but not the saw, not the rice, not the other things we're investing in, you know, too focused on the software tools, but not all the other tools we need, because this is, no matter how much software we put in, it's a human story. At the end of the day, we still need huge visions. We still need emotion. And if we take those out of a company, you know, what's left for the customers, um, I don't know, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, the people aspect in your company. Exactly. Or if you are software driven companies that succeed just based on the robots. Now we've seen films of what happens in the future when they take over, but that's for an, another day's call. Even.
0: Do it. Well, Will Smith can handle that. Let him, let him. He's do from him. Not
1: for, Yeah. He's got a few flops along the way and a few good movies. So he's built his resilience over time. <laughs> I think that's a good thing as well for movie actors in this story. That uh, you know, some of them have flops, some of them have, uh, good ones and they just have to be resilient through it, but they've learned it because I'm sure the first one hurt, as you said, the first time going into the, the manager's office and coming out, you know, well, I'm still alive. I still got my job. Okay. was a bit turbulent. Well, different determinants on the plane, but we got there. in mm-hmm. and we do it more often. Mm-hmm. And we'll fail again, fail more, fail better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good way to think about resilience. And if you're blocked to it, think about some coaching to get you unblocked. As well, and to help build up those defenses, you know. Now, Tina, mm-hmm. so you can help people unblock and become more resilient. And tell our listeners where they can learn a little bit more about your work and what you do.
0: You can find us on our website, rpcamerica.com. Uh, everything is there. And I would love to, to get any feedback and to hear from your viewers and listeners, for sure, Mark.
1: Great. RPC America, good day. Well, and again, you book The facilitation and there's details up there as well. Tina, final question to finish with now. What is the, I guess, the one thing you'd recommend our listeners to think about um, regarding how do they stay relevant for all this change and disruption happening around? What's the one tip you can leave our listeners with?
0: Wow, that is a phenomenal question. To stay relevant, you want to be- make yourself different from a leadership perspective every day, focus on giving at least one person performance feedback. Even if it's, uh, hey Mark, I you, you, know, you, your input on that call yesterday was Positive, challenging, whatever it is, because so few leaders give any feedback to their little with consistency. And honestly, that's what's gonna make not only uh, different, and, and, and wildly appreciated. it. will make sure that you are relevant and you're, you know, everything that's going on in your organization. It's Thank a, you for asking that question. It was a great question.
1: I, I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's, it, it'll make a difference. And again, it's not just the positive, of all the good stuff, not saying it's negative, but it's constructive mm-hmm. you know, and that will reinforce people. I think it builds trust, you know? Uh, and, that's everything there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, millions built in. That's great. Team and Clements. So we're going to finish up. I'm going to say thank you so much for joining us today on CCC Talks.
0: Thank you so much, Mark. It was great. Thank you for joining this episode of CCC Talks. We hope you enjoyed this episode and walk away with a ton of actionable insights. If this is your first time joining us, this is us extending a personal invitation to you to join other IT and business professionals. So please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. If you are struggling in any capacity in your digital transformation journey, contact us. We'd be more than happy to guide you and find you the right certification courses to help you manage the challenges modern businesses are facing. This was CCC Talks. Until next time.